There you go. Amen. Are you thankful for his love this morning? The Bible, yeah, amen. No, you can definitely applaud his love this morning if you would like. Uh, We can talk all day about his love, but there's nothing like experiencing his love uh, firsthand in our lives and seeing how God is the God that loves us beyond compare. And I know we wonder sometimes, why would he ever love me? Because his glory is on display in you. Because his grace is on display in you. When you know you don't earn something and you don't deserve something, but you know it's given to you freely, you have no response but to just fall humbly at his feet and just thank him for his grace. And so praise him this morning for his love and praise him that he did all, that we could receive him as Savior and that we could display his glory this morning. I want to do something a little different today. And if you want to open up your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 16. Um, We're going to get to the verse in just a few minutes. Um, But I want to start off a little bit different today. Uh, This isn't going to be like a normal sermon per se. Um, But as I was thinking through what the Lord would have me to share with you this morning, um, and I said it, maybe some guys caught that video on Facebook. I really do mean that. I know some people think, you know, I'm sure as a pastor, you just get down there and say that because it's what you're supposed to say as a pastor, um, you know, that I missed you guys and all that. But genuinely, uh, it felt like forever since we were at a service and we only missed one. Um, and, and so we were so thankful, uh, truly thankful to be back today with you. Uh, but I was thinking as I was preparing this last week, I was back in the office this last week and uh, was going to do a whole different message uh, this morning, a whole different direction. And I was writing all the notes out and everything else and kind of putting it all together And I just couldn't get away from the thought of just how thankful uh, Sandra and I are to Pastor North Goodland to be here, uh, to be a part of this church, be a part of your growing in Christ. And so uh, this morning, what I really want to do is kind of just praise him for what he's doing in the church. Uh, I want to praise him that we get to be a part of his church this morning. So I want to just celebrate Christ today. I want to celebrate this church. I want to celebrate what he's doing in our church. I think a lot of times in churches, uh, we hear the negative. We hear the things that aren't going well. We hear the things that are going wrong, uh, the, the things that don't seem to be working right. Uh, but let me tell you something. I'll just let you know on the onset, we are not a perfect church. We're not a perfect church. Uh, it's not pastored by a perfect pastor. Uh, we all have areas we can grow and learn and discover more ways to be like Christ. And so this isn't about convincing you that this is the best church in Lapeer County, that we are a perfect church. That's not what this is about. This is about just glorifying him in his church uh, because we are blessed to be here today. And so what I want to do is I want to just start off by saying thank you, honestly. I want to thank you that, that you allow me to, to pastor this church, that you allow me to be here, uh, to work with you, to serve you. Um, I am tremendously overjoyed uh, that I get to do this for a living. Um, many of you may or may not know this. Uh, I'm full time here, which means I do nothing as far as employment outside of this church. Um, and I love that. Um, I love that I get to be here and to be with you and to talk to people through the week and to spend time and study and just to be connected with the community that is the church. I am truly thankful uh, for all the blessings this church has been in my life. Um, some of you may or may not know I was saved uh, in this youth ministry. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I, I was invited by a kid that was in the youth group 
to come to the youth group at the old building. And uh, some of you remember when I first started coming to this church, um, I was just a little different. Um, my attitude, my, my, I wasn't a believer. And so the way I lived and acted and spoke was not anything that would honor Christ. And so, uh, but I was able to go to camp with this youth ministry, received Christ at that camp, was baptized at the old building uh, in 1998, and, uh, and then started attending here. Uh, went to college, came home, was offered an opportunity to serve in the youth ministry here. And it's just been amazing. Uh, if you feel God is leading you in any way, shape, or form, uh, don't believe the lies that you can't do it. Um, because the only way you can do it is through Christ. And so, yeah, in yourself you can't do it. You are limited. I mean, you are horribly limited. <laughs> you are not as good as you think you are. <laughs> Let's just be real. You're not as good at what you do that you think you're good at. You're not as good at that as you think you are. Uh, you're limited. We all have limitations and weaknesses and, and things that weigh us down. But we can't let that stop us from what God is calling us to do. Some of you have sins that you've committed in the past that you think somehow limit you from doing what God has called you to do. You know, the Bible is amazing that as a believer, if you repent of that sin, trust in him. God says, I will restore you. I will use you. You can't be unusable to God if you repent of that sin and ask him to forgive you of that. Because the reason we repent isn't to get saved again, by the way. It's to show him and to communicate to him, I am not trusting in this sin anymore for pleasure and joy and peace. I am going to you, the author of those things, to find peace, love, joy, happiness. And I'm going to ask that you'd fill me of your spirit that I would serve you in all things. I glorify you in all things. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior and you say, well, I'm too sinful for God to save me, you weren't paying attention to the last song we just sang. Nobody in this room earned the grace and the love of God. We all have fallen short in sin. We've all fallen short of his standard of perfection. That's why we need grace. And so for you, if you feel like God is saying something to you as far as wanting to use you in some way or drawing you close to him, wooing you close to him, repent of your sin, trust in Christ as your Savior, and watch him change your life eternally. You know, I, I've been able to, to serve at North Goodland now uh, for 14 years on staff. Um, and that doesn't seem possible, to be honest with you. Um, time flies, doesn't it? Um, feels like just yesterday. And uh, I've been senior pastor for seven years, almost seven years this June, uh, 14 years this June, rather seven this September. And, and it's been an amazing journey. It's been so cool to watch God work and to see him change people's lives. And we get to be a part of that. And not just as a pastor, but as individuals that attend this church. I also want to say, obviously, how thankful I am for my wife, Sandra, um, you know, Pastor Appreciation Month comes around. It's in October, in case you were curious. Um, just you can go to your phone right now and just pick a Sunday in October, and that's the day I'm going to give an appreciation gift. Some of you are like, my lack of telling you how much I don't like your sermons is my appreciation for you, right? Like, that's enough. I'm restraining. That's how much I appreciate you, okay? But when those times come around and people will send cards, and man, we have been so blessed. You know, I open a card, and it's, it's just encouraging things. And, man, I always think to myself, if they knew me like Jesus knew me, I don't know if they'd write this stuff. And we all need his grace. But I'm so thankful that, for the words of encouragement. But I always love the cards when I open it up, and it says, John and Sandra. I just want you to know, like, just because I'm up here doesn't mean it's a one-man show. And I couldn't do what God has called me to do. I actually, it's funny, I texted Sandra and I said, hey, I just want you to know I couldn't do what I do without you. And she sent back the verse when Paul says, it's better to not be married, you know, so you won't be distracted. She's like, so I don't know about that. If that's true, I think maybe you'd be better off without me. 
I just laughed and I said, man, I'm so glad for a wife that knows the word of God. Amen. <laughs> knows the Bible, right? No, I just, I'm just so blessed to have her in my life. And it's been amazing. 14 years of ministry. Uh, we literally, I started in ministry and then a couple months later we got married. So she married into the ministry literally. And just, it's not been easy. Guys, it's been crazy at times. But she has been so faithful and so consistent in her grace, wisdom, encouragement, and love. So I'm thankful for her. I'm not going to go any too farther. I can't even look over there right now because she's going to start crying and I'm going to start crying. You guys are going to be like, oh my goodness, stop crying, okay? I also want to share how thankful I am for our deacons and trustees, not just those who currently serve, but those who have served since I've been the pastor of this church. Uh, they do so much more than you realize and they are an encouragement to me in their support and wise counsel uh, over the years. Uh, we've had deacons that are no longer, uh, that currently aren't serving, but have served since I've been the pastor here. Uh, and their influence, their wisdom, their guidance, their direction is huge. Um, when I became the pastor here, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't have really that much of an idea of what I'm doing. And their wisdom to say, listen, this is what what I've learned in my life is these older men have come alongside me. And then it's great to see even younger men come up and share their excitement and their passion for the, the Lord and for the church. I'm truly thankful for all of our volunteers and teachers, all of those that serve. Uh, we are blessed with great teachers and volunteers here at North Goodland. Uh, we are blessed with men and women who love these kids, who serve these kids, when it's not easy to love and serve kids. Those that laughed work with children, okay? No, it's honestly, it's not easy to work with kids. See, you can, I almost said something. Maybe I shouldn't say that. You can discipline your kids differently than you discipline other people's kids, right? I almost used the word beat. That's probably not a biblical, you know, that's going to get on the recording. And then the pastor said he beats his kids, Okay. It's just difficult sometimes to work with kids, but I'm so thankful for teachers and leaders and volunteers that just love on these kids, okay? Even when it's not easy, we're blessed with them. I'm also thankful for you, our members and our attenders. And I know that this is just a, a normal Sunday in April. There's nothing super special about this Sunday other than every Sunday is special. We get to gather together and worship him. But I'm thankful for you. You know why? Because Despite any other reasoning other than God's drawing you, I don't know why you keep coming back. Okay, I mean, just like I told Sandra after the first like year of preaching, I was like, they keep showing up, and I don't get it. Like, what? Who wants to listen to this all day? Like, I get tired. I don't even listen. You can ask Kelsey Channel, our secretary, when she's listening to uh, the sermon from the previous Sunday, whether online or whatever. She knows the rule. The rule is very simple. When I am in the office. It has to be so low that I can't hear it from my desk where she's listening to it at her desk, okay? If I can hear myself, I have to tell her, Kelsey, turn it down, okay? When I walk into the main office, it's got to be turned down because I don't like hearing myself. So the fact that you show up and listen to this every week, I'm blown away, okay? It's obviously God's grace, of course. But I'm thankful for you, those that attend, those that are members here. Listen, being a member of North Goodland is not just about having your name on a piece of paper, just on a roll. It's about commitment to the church. It's about commitment to the things that God is doing here. And I'm thankful for every one of our members that have decided, I'm going to commit to this local church, to this local body, and I'm going to support it with my prayers and my gifts and my talents and my tithe. And I'm going to, I'm going to allow God to use me in this local church. And God is big in the local church, by the way. 
God's design is that we would connect to a local body of believers for encouragement, support, and, and be uplifted when we go through those times of need. And if we're not committed and connected to one local body, man, how are we going to get those things we need? In our culture today, it's nothing for people just to jump to church, to church, to church, to church, whatever. Whatever is the flavor of the month. Well, I like their coffee over here, and I like this program over there, and I like this over there. And they just kind of pick and choose like a smorgasbord of just whatever. And I understand there's certain situations. Some of you have family in other churches, so you go and you're a part of that because they're a family. That's fine. I'm talking about. But I'm saying over a period of time, we should consistently be connected to one local body of believers. Again, I'm not saying you can't be a part of other churches and certain things. But I'm just saying as our overall, like we should have that, that home base. You know what I'm saying? That place where we go, where we know we're going to get the word of God, we're going to be encouraged, and we can serve. And you know, the greatest part of being a member and a continual attender of a church is to use my gifts and talents. Some of you are like, I couldn't be a teacher. That's fine. Can you wait a table? Can you fill a water cup? Then we've got a widow's banquet coming up at the end of April. That's perfect for you. Some of you are like, well, I could never sing like Becky Vout sings. I could never do that. That's, you don't need to sing like Becky sings. That's Becky's gift. That's her talent. You find, you ask the Lord, what's my talent? And then... Get passionate and excited about that. Man, I was so pumped. I told you guys before about Anthony getting to, to share. I'm so thankful for the teachers in junior church giving our uh, older children a chance to serve Word of Life. Uh, they're going to be doing, is it two Wednesdays? Or is it this Wednesday? Two Wednesdays, uh, the Word of Life nights. Everything's going to be done by the students. The lesson, the music, the com- running the computer, the game, everything is done by student leaders in two Wednesday nights. Isn't that awesome? Showing these kids, you can use your gifts and talents for the Lord right now. You don't have to wait till you're 20, 25. No, no, right now. Get involved. Lead. I'm so pumped for that. I was so excited to hear Anthony got to share a gospel presentation. I heard he made a comment to the kids at the very beginning. Uh, Chris Fox told me this, that he got up in all seriousness. And I asked him after, I said, were you just being, you're just being a punk? And he said, no, no, I was really meaning it. I was like, okay, all right. I, he got up and he said, now listen. He said, I have no problem taking any of you to your parents at any time if you act up. (laughs) And I thought to myself, huh, that's a pastor's kid right there, right? He'll mess around, but if you mess around, I'm taking you to your mom and dad, okay? But I love that. I love that our members and our attenders are serving and excited about what God is doing. Um... I can't tell you how thankful I am for all the phone calls, cards, texts, encouraging notes that I've received over the years, and it's been an amazing, amazing blessing. But God is not just blessing me as a pastor or deacons and leaders and trustees. God is blessing our church in some tremendous ways. It's been amazing to see, and I want to share some quick examples with you this morning. This is why it's not really a normal sermon. It's really just, man, let's just be pumped about what God is doing. I just noticed the clock that's usually back there is gone. So that means I can just keep going, right? They want me to look up here. I don't look up there for the clock. That was a bright red clock. That, I, that, that, I don't even notice those little white letters or numbers on the screen. That's, what's that? Some of you are looking right now. Look at you. Personalities, man, I tell you. Is there really a clock up there? i got to check that out. Is he lying to me? Okay. Now i got to look up here. You don't know how... That was weird. I looked up, I was like, where's the clock? I keep going. I'll just keep going. 
But when you look back over the, just in my experience of being here, just what God is doing, it's amazing. And I think, isn't this true in our lives? When we don't stop to count the blessings, we let the minor negative things begin to well up and we think that's all there is. Did you ever notice this in your life? You stop counting the little blessings, stop counting the good things, and all those little negative annoyances start really, that must be all there is. I'm telling you, do this in your marriage, and you'll see a whole different marriage. Do this in your job. Do this when you go to work. Stop just paying attention to the little annoyances and the negative things, but start counting the blessings. And I'm telling you, your whole paradigm, your whole perspective will change. Start saying, God, thank you for this today. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Anybody get outside yesterday and do some yard work in the warm weather? Okay. Man, praise God for that. Praise God that we get to go outside and enjoy the sunshine and the warmth. I know it's Michigan. It's like, it was like 64. And I saw somebody put a picture on Facebook of their little one in like shorts and sandals and like a summer outfit with sunglasses chilling in the sun. Only in Michigan is 64 like lay out in the sun weather. You go to like Miami or Southern California, they're wearing coats still. Like it's freezing out. Michigan, we're like, it's a heat wave. Put it on the sunscreen, right? Get lathered up. Okay. But man, we can praise God for these things. Spiritual growth in our church. Again, people will say, well, you know, I, I talked to so-and-so when they weren't very spiritual. I don't see spirituality in all these. Well, if you're going to nitpick every ministry, yeah, you're going to find some things that, that aren't perfect, that aren't, aren't where they need to be. I never said we were where we need to be, but we're going to praise them for where we are. Man, I'm excited about what God is doing. And if you think, I don't even know that God is blessing our church, then I'm going to tell you right now, and this is going to sound harsh, but it's just truth, you're not paying attention. If if you don't pay attention, of course you're not going to catch it. But man, when you start listening to people, conversate with people, get to know what God is doing in people's lives through the church. Man, in the last couple of months especially, and I'll kind of pick on that specifically, I have heard of people sharing how God has set them free from various bondages in their life, and they are freely pursuing God. Whether in our Rev Fit ministry, whether in our Tuesday night ministry, whether in Bible studies, whether in various other aspects of ministry, people are sharing, man, I used to think this is how I needed to live. God has set me free through this ministry of North Goodland or this teacher of North Goodland or this person in North Goodland. And that's an extension of the church. I mean, we can be excited about how God is doing that. People have shared a burden to serve and grow deeper in the things of God. We have had people actually want to start and start brand new ministries in the last few months. People that said, this is a burden on my heart. What can I do? Let's go. And we started it. Some have continued in ministry consistently and faithfully, which has been a blessing to so many individuals. Some have actually said, you know what? I don't think I can get up and teach a big church service, but man, I really feel like a a passion to teach a small group. And so we had an individual that came to me and said, I really want to work with the college and career age. So maybe I can start sitting in after the new year and start sitting in on that ministry on Sunday nights and and just see what God is going to do. And that person came to me a couple weeks ago and said, "I, I love it. I love it. I'm so glad I did this. Somebody that said, I'm not really a big, you know, preach in front of a big crowd, but man, when it's one on one or a small group, I really am comfortable there. I want to do that. And it's just amazing to see how people are growing spiritually. The gospel is being preached and communicated. We've had people follow Christ and be baptized. And, and man, I'm just so excited for what God is going to do. Spiritual growth is not just numbers growth. It's not just more and more people showing up on a Sunday morning. It's what are we doing with them when they get here? And you might say, well, I've witnessed to people, but they're not getting saved. The fact that you're desiring to witness is an extension of the church and the encouragement you're receiving from the church. 
It's not all of it, but how about financially? Some of you have been with our church long enough to know this is true. I've been blown away from barely having enough money, hear me now, from barely having enough money in the account in 2012 to pay our bills and not take out of savings. And then it was to the point where we had to take out of savings and pay our bills. And Ray Garcia, who's not here today, I think they're on their way home maybe uh, today. I think he's coming home tonight, be home tonight. Uh, pray for him, went to Disney World or, or down in Florida um, and so obviously they need our prayer suffering for Jesus like that. Um, but got to get away with some family and that's just great. Man, that's so awesome, isn't it? Getting away with family and enjoying that time. But Ray is our treasurer. And I remember there was times Ray would come in my office. Uh, I became the senior pastor in 2012, but I was here all before that. And, and he came in, he said, well, preacher, we, we paid the mortgage. We paid the missionaries. We paid our bills. I took this much out of savings, and we've got $100 in the checking account right now. I mean, you might think, oh, only, that was a praise, by the way. And we were just like, you know, there was a time where people were coming, and I got called into a meeting one time with a couple individuals that no longer attend our church and said, you know, we just don't think we can afford to pay you anymore. We think you need to get a job outside of church. And I said, that's fine. I have no problem doing that. But it was kind of funny how it was only like one or two people in like this very private meeting Nobody else, none of the other board members knew about it. Oh, I just don't, you know what, if you love the church, you'd go get a job. And I said, I have no problem getting a job. I've already done that. I've already done pastor and worked at a a 40-hour-a-week job. That's not a problem. But the motivation wasn't what's good for the church. The motivation was we don't want you as pastor of this church. I'm telling you, just the division, the animosity, and how that played out in the finances. And guys, I'm telling you, God has grown our church beyond my understanding. He is blessed so much. Barely paying our bills in 2012, having one staff member, me, to now we've added new missionary, a new missionary family in the last almost a year. We've added a missionary family. We've increased our monthly mission support from $70 a uh, month and support $70 a month. We were paying them $30 a month. Now we sponsor our missionaries $100 a month. We've bought on an office secretary and was able to give her a small raise since we've brought her on. We've been able to make the occasional, and prayerfully, we will continue to make occasional double payments on our mortgage. Think about that. We've been able to make double payments on our mortgage. This is what God can do. On that note, I am super excited to announce. Some of you may have already heard because people can't. I don't know if anyone told anybody or not, but I am super excited to announce that on May 19th, which is a Sunday, uh, in the evening service, we're going to host an uh, ordination service for Greg Blount. And uh, we're going to be ordaining Greg, and he's going to be coming on soon after that as a part-time youth pastor. And so we can definitely applaud the Lord for that. Now, some of you, I know your mindset, you're already thinking, well, why only part-time? Well, we want to be wise. Uh, we're not going to run headlong into something and promise something, somebody something we can't fulfill. And so we're going to, our goal is to create a full-time youth pastor position. Uh, but we're going to make sure uh, that we're doing it the right way. And uh, we will not want to give someone a salary position and then have to renege that salary position six months later. And so we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Uh, it's only fair to, to Greg and uh, we are excited for what God is going to do. Um, 
I have to share this as well. Um, this last March, um, our total offering for the month, regular offering for the month of March 2019, uh, going back, I've been keeping records of our monthly offering from 2012. It is our largest regular monthly offering since, 2012, since before 2012. Now, I don't know about when, but from 2012 till now, this last March was our largest single month offering month that we've ever collected. Isn't that amazing? I mean, just, and just, guys, we stop and we think, man, what in the world? Do you see, if we don't pay attention, we start focusing on this one little thing. Or this, and listen, guys, you should know, and most of you know me well enough to know, and my wife knows me pretty well, that I tend to get really that one thing that's not going well, man, that consumes me. And I can tell you what, I've gone home on a, a Monday more, or a Sunday night, or even coming to work on a Monday morning, and I'm like, Lord, I'm done. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Because that one little thing that just isn't right, that isn't, isn't getting where it should be, and I'm so blessed to have people in the church that randomly will call and say, man, isn't God good? <laughs> yeah, he's great. Man, so why is God blessing? Now, that's just a snippet, by the way. That was only just a quick little overview. I could go on for days about how God is blessed. But why is God blessing? Why is God blessing our church? In the midst of all these amazing blessings, why is God allowing our church to grow spiritually? to grow financially, to grow in service, not to burst anyone's bubble. So that usually means what? I might burst your bubble, okay? But it's not you. It's not me. It's not our music. It's not our band. It's not our programs. It's not because of the personality of the pastor. It's not because of the style of service we host. It's not because of the time of the service we host. By the way, I would love to have a service at like 2.30 in the afternoon. That's just me. Like roll out of bed at like 11. Have a little lunch. Then go worship Jesus. Hallelujah. But why is God blessing if it's none of those things? Listen, if, if God was... If our church was only being blessed because of the personality of the pastor, what a shallow growth that would be. When a pastor leaves a church and that church struggles or stops growing or begins to decline, that's a scary thing. Because it tells me that, that, that maybe as a pastor, we're not doing our job to make sure the eyes are on Jesus, not on me. You see, we have a part as the church in our calling to pray for the church, to serve the church, to make disciples. And yes, that will grow the church, but we do not give the increase of the church. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 16? Look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. Again, I know this is a little different kind of service, but I want to look at some Words of Christ this morning. Verse 16 of Matthew 16 says this, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And verse 18, our key text. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus says, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know why God is blessing our church? Because it's his church. This is a promise that is and will continue to be fulfilled, that he is building and will build his church. Christ is building his church. We are not building Christ's church. We need to understand this. We are a part of his church. We serve in his church. We make disciples. We lead people to Christ. We encourage people. We, we preach the gospel. We are a part of his church. But we are not building his church. I am not building his church. Only Christ can build his church. Now, he will use us in the building. Understand this. We're a part of this. It's not like we just sit back on our hands and say, okay, God, go ahead. He says, no, I want to use you in the building. But he's the one doing the work. He's the one giving the increase. We tend to think only local, only our understanding of the church in this community but globally speaking, the church is strong in the world today. Amen? Man, the church is growing. God is achieving what he said he would do. He is. Not, I pray he will one day. No, he is building his church. The church has faced tremendous persecution, but it stands. 2,000 years, the church has faced tremendous persecution, but praise God, it stands strong and ready for the next wave of attack. As Paul says in Ephesians 6, we are to stand firm in this world, in Christ, in his church. See, not only is it a promise that he is fulfilling and will continue to fulfill, it is his divine purpose at work. The reason he is building his church is for one singular reason, his glory. Now, out of that glory comes the blessing to us, the relationship and all those things. But when you read the word of God, it is his glory that is on display when he is building his church. This is what Paul tells us, and write it down for note's sake in Ephesians chapter 5. He says that he may present his church, what? Spotless to himself. Why? So that he is glorified as the one that cleanses the church. The son is glorified, which means that God is glorified. We, again, are involved in the building of the church as we surrender to his leading and use our gifts and talents to serve the church. But we are not. I am not building his church. Only he builds his church. Acts chapter 4, verse 27. Again, write it down for note's sake. Acts 4, 27 tells us that the Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. Again, does that mean we can just sit back and not witness, not evangelize, not preach the gospel? No. But what he's saying is he's the one that does the saving work. He's the one that does the initiation in that person's heart and mind and soul as the Holy Spirit convicts them of sin and righteousness. They repent of their sin and trust in Christ. And he, by his grace, adds them to the body of Christ. He is the one that is glorified in that moment. You see, he says, I will build my church. Now he's speaking future tenses. I will do this. Why? Because it hasn't begun yet. When does the church begin to be built? We see it starting traditionally understood as the day of Pentecost. Christ ascends. The disciples gather in the upper room. They're in prayer. Man, what a powerful prayer meeting. Amen? Now, could you imagine you're, from the, you're 100, one of the 110 first real disciples of Christ, and you're the ones that are going to start this thing called the church. 
And as they're praying and worshiping together, the Spirit of God falls on them, it says, and then they go out and they begin to preach his word, and the church is begun, beginning. It starts there. And by the way, who's preaching that sermon on the day of Pentecost? The Apostle Peter. You know, Peter who denied Christ three times in one night. Peter who, in his own aggression to defend Christ, tried to take the head off of a guard and missed and took off his ear. Peter who would say things like, Jesus, don't go to the cross, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That same Peter is the one that stands on the day of Pentecost and preaches the first true message in the church. And that's how God can use us by his grace. That's how God can shape us and mold us and change us by his grace. So what opposition will we face then? He will build his church, and so we are his church. And so in this world, he tells us that there is something that will come against us. You see, his divine purpose at work is to show us that he is stronger than all else. He says in the verse here, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. So what does that mean? This phrase, the gates of hell, is a Jewish expression, and it means realm of death or realm of the dead. It's this understanding that there's this, this mindset that death is warring against us. There's a fear. You see, one author said it this way, and I like this, death stalks each one of us, but those who confess Jesus as the Christ know that death is not the end. We have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Man, are you excited and are you thankful that you have a hope and a guarantee that when this physical life ends, that your real life just begins? Are you thankful that death has no power over you? That you do not fear what man can do to you because God is for you, and if God is for you, who can be against you? Man, are you, are you excited that in Christ, as he's building his church, and by the way, if you are a part of his church, with the church is the people, what does that mean? He's building up you as he's building you up, he's giving you a confident hope that you don't fear death because he is greater. You see, death will not stop his church. There is no fear in his church because perfect love casts out fear. This is why Paul proclaimed that death is truly gain. If I should die, what does he say? If I die, it's gain. Why do I gain from death? Because now I'm with Jesus Christ. One author in a commentary, went on to say this about this passage. Many people believe this verse uh, talks about the idea of warring against demonic forces in the world, that we need to fight against the gates of hell. That's not really what the verse says at all, is it? We're not really even involved. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He's the one doing the building. And this idea of the gates of hell, many people think this has to do with demonic forces. Well, I do believe that Satan and his forces try to convince us that we are not able to do what God is calling us to do and that the church is powerless in this world. But I love what this author said. This verse isn't about storming Satan and his demons with a super soaker. Jesus assures us of something even better than triumphalism here and now. He promises eternal life. With intense opposition and persecution, the early church was under attack from the gates of hell. But just as Jesus conquered the grave, so the gates of hell, death itself, will not prevail against those who belong to Christ. Or as Jesus himself puts it, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall 
live, John 11, 11, 25. You see, I want to encourage you to continue to keep our eyes on him and to be faithful in our calling to make disciples as we share the gospel as a part of his church. But remember, he is not maybe building his church. It's not he might build his church. He says, I will. And we can be a part of that. We can join together with other believers and encourage one another. What does the Bible say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Right? In Hebrews. But as you see the day approaching, what? Even so, the more. Encourage each other. Love one another. Provoke one another to love and good works. We encourage each other as we see the society around us, the world around us declining. So here's my challenge to you this morning. It's super simple. Super simple. I believe he's building his church. But I believe in our own history as a church. We've seen what happens when we get our eyes off him and we allow unrepentant sin through the works of the enemy to get us off track, to cause division in the church. We say it in our membership class to our new members all the time, and I believe this with my whole heart. Any attitude that causes disunity in his church is sin. Any attitude that causes disunity in his church is sin. This is why if I hear of gossip in our church, I do not play with that. You will not gossip about one another. And if you do, if you're struggling with gossiping about somebody else or you've been gossiping about somebody else, I pray this morning you'd come and repent of that and say, Lord, would you correct my thinking on this? Would you draw me to repentance? Would you help me understand that I need to not be talking about my brother and sister in Christ this way? Maybe you'd go to that person one-on-one as the Bible encourages and have a conversation, see restoration and forgiveness offered and received. See, in our own history, we saw division get out of hand. We saw people, a small group of four to six people caused the church split in 2007. Four to six people of a church of 350 people. Hear me now. Six people in a church of 350 caused our church to split. So much hurt and devastation was done by the working of six people who had an attitude of disunity and said, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the preacher says. I know what I want, and this is what I'm going to do. And for years, we struggled. And again, we're not a perfect church. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we will get excited about what God is doing, we can even get more excited about what he's going to do. If we focus on him and say, God, I'm going to pray that you would use me in this church to do what you've called me to do, and I'm going to be excited as you build your church. I've said it, and I believe it, and I don't think it's ever going to change. I pray it won't. We have about 21 acres here, property that we own. That's not big enough to do what God wants to do. I'm telling you guys, we hear these things, and we think, oh, that sounds good. You ever think about this? And I'm going to share this, and we're going to close. Time's running out. In the Bible, it talks about when Jesus was in the house, and they had to cut the the hole in the roof and lower the guy down to Jesus to get him so that they, he could uh, be healed. I've always said, what a great story. Powerful faith of the men that carried their friend all that way and then climbed up on a roof and lowered him down. Unless you're the owner of the house and saying, hey, you're cutting a hole in my roof. <laughs> What's up with that? But in that story, why did they have to cut a hole in the roof? Because there were so many people gathered around the person of Jesus Christ, they couldn't get in. It says in the house and around the house, they were just pressed. You ever been pressed? I mean, just like crammed in there. Any Black Friday shoppers, you know pressed, 
right? Like it's $79.99 for that like $400 item and you don't care. Your face is against the glass of the door. I just hit my mic. And you're just like open, open, open. And you're just like waiting. Okay, I know this is wrong, but I'm gonna save like a bunch of money, okay? It's like five hours you stand there. You're pressed. That's the idea. Think about that mob mentality, that just crowd. They couldn't even get through the crowd. And you think about that and you think, well, of course, because the person of Christ was there. I imagine a day where this room will be so full, not because of the preaching, of the style of preaching, let me say it that way, or the kind of music we're doing, but I imagine people outside these windows just looking in and peering in because, man, I just want to know more about Jesus. I just want to know more about him. Tell me more about this Jesus. And they look at the pastor and they go, anyone could do what this guy does. Like, seriously. I've told you guys before, Francis Chan, great speaker, travels all over the world. Someone came up to him and said, you know, I've seen you a few times. I could do what you do. I could do what you do. You're not that great. Thanks for the encouragement, okay? And Francis Chan, I love it. He just said, then go do it. And I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care who gets the glory as long as he gets the glory. It's not about us and us getting, oh, look at North Goodland and how good we are. We're so great at all. No, look how great he is. And that's when the church will really begin to see the true growth that he has. So it's not just praise God for what he's done, praise God for what he's doing. It's God, thank you for what you're going to do because you are building your church. Would you bow your heads right there where you are? And I want simple invitation. We're not going to take very long. Simple invitation. The band's going to come and play a song for us, but here's what I want you to do. I just want you to come and say, God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. God, thank you for what you're doing in the church. God, thank you for building your church. Thank you for showing me that I can count my blessings, not just the blessings of what's going on in this church, but I can count my blessings in my daily life. Maybe you want to come this morning and you just want to bend a knee and say, God, I'm just going to praise you for the blessings. It's been too long since I've praised you for the blessings you've given me. I'm just going to come and do that. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet. Go ahead, everyone stand. Just right there where you are. We're going to pray in just a second. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to move. You come forward. You pray. You say, God, I'm going to ask that you use me in this church to do what you've called me to do. God, I'm going to pray for the leadership of this church. God, I'm going to pray for the community, that we would be a lighthouse to this community, that they would come to know Christ. I'm going to pray, God, for those that serve and teach and volunteer and those that are deacons and trustees and And I'm just going to ask God that you would do a great work in their lives. God, I'm going to ask that I would come and just praise you. So so we're going to pray, but if you want to move, move. Don't wait for for anyone else to move. You move. You come count those blessings. Father, pray you'd be glorified in all of this. I pray that this morning we've done nothing but promote you, nothing but promote your goodness, because God, I cannot do anything apart from you. I cannot do anything apart from the vine. This church can do nothing apart from you. Individuals in their individual lives, in their careers, and in their homes, and in their families, Lord, we can do nothing without you. And so I pray that we would connect to you through Christ, first and foremost, in salvation, and then we would continue to abide in you and in your word as followers, disciples of Christ. 
Father, may we count our blessings and glorify you in all these things when we ask in Jesus' name. Would you look this way? So many have already come. Would you come if God is leading? They're going to sing us, lead us in a song and sing out to him, rejoice in him, and let's promote Christ and honor him this morning as we sing.